Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm not disagreeing with but you. But Simon, it's called prize fighting and anti-Joshua is okay. getting astronomical money. Every f- knows it's prize fighting, right? <laughs> Everyone knows what that means for <laughs> your accusation against do I think he wins a world title. Does he win a world title against Usyk? Yeah. I think Usyk does him again. I expect him to probably win inside the distance. Probably you even stop him in, in the second half of the fight. Yeah. Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. This is episode 55. And at the bequest of the producer that's glory hunting, <laughs> don't forget to go down to the description below and vote for us in the best sports podcast in the combat section. Anyway, Spence, episode 55. Incredible. Same as your IQ. We've reached the level. <laughs> How are you, Simon? <laughs> all right. I'm good. I'm all right. Um, we've seen some interesting news, interesting to some perhaps ridicule to others, which is the the announcing of uh, the fight between Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou yep. in Saudi. I've got a perspective on it, but what was yours? I totally understand it. I think that obviously Anthony Joshua, we thought Anthony Joshua was going to go down that road of Philip Hergovic for the vacant IBF title once the undisputed had been um, <laughs> a, a, a taken place <laughs> on February the 17th, while Alexander Usyk, um, Tyson Fury... We then hear that the titles were then going to become relinquished, and some of them were. Yeah, some of them were. The IBF is one of those titles. Yeah. Hergovic told me that when we was out of Saudi last time, and he was waiting for that opportunity. Mm. Anthony Joshua would take it, beating Otto Wallin took that number two spot. Mm. So that's where we was at with it. That's where we thought was going to happen. Now I think they're on the understanding that that title might not be vacant by March the ninth. Yep. So next in steps in Francis Ngannou. I, I believe that Francis Ngannou had done a deal with the Saudis as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Anthony Joshua has just done a new two-fight deal. Francis Ngannou now, and then we see the the fight for the IBF title against Philip Bergovic. That's my understanding, and that's where we're at with it. Do I like the fight? Yeah, I do. And the reason I like the fight is because of the way Francis Ngannou handled himself against Tyson Fury. A lot of people felt that he'd even won that fight. He proved that he was more than capable of competing at that level. So I think it's a decent fight. Which camp are you in, Spence? Are you in the camp that Tyson Fury didn't prepare for this fight, wasn't focused, didn't go in with a suitable amount of menace and enabled Francis Ngannou to get a foothold in the fight? Or are you in the camp that he did prepare for this fight, he just underestimated Ngannou and Ngannou was better than people anticipated? Yeah, I think that Ngannou was definitely better than people anticipated. I think he was that 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 having no fear factor going into the fight for Tyson Fury. May, he may have underprepared a little bit looking at his body shape. I would say that he didn't prepare to the best of his ability. I think that that's probably fair to say. I think that Fury probably felt that he had to just turn up to win the fight 
And I think he then recognised that Ngannou was actually better than than he originally thought. And I think that that was that was probably where we was at with it. It was more. I mean, there's always there was always there was never any doubt, was there, that Ngannou was going to be resilient. There was never any doubt that a, that a fella that does what he does or what he had done yet um, was going to have resilience and be robust. But the fact that this was his first professional boxing fight, the fact that he'd been out of the ring for two years, yep. the fact that he'd had, I think, a knee rebuild or some yep. sort of cruciate, cruciate surgery would lead you to a conclusion that Tyson Fury, if he's as good as we say he is, and that these boxers are as good as they say they are, yep. that when they come up against an MMA fighter, irrespective of how robust they are and how able to take a shot they are, you would expect the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor effect to manifest itself. 100%. Because it would the other way around, wouldn't it? Absolutely. If it's like a fighter, a boxer, yeah. to an octagon, we would expect the MMA fighter to come out triumphant and relatively quickly, yes. given the dynamics. So why doesn't it translate the other way around? Well, it sort of does. I think that, you know, that, you know, there's no excuse for the way that Tyson Fury performed. I mean, taking nothing away from Ngannou and his performance, because I think that tactically he had his spot on. You know, he went there and he had a game plan and he stuck to it. But like you say, like, this is a guy in a new discipline. He's never boxed before. He's never been in a boxing ring against a WBC heavyweight. And what many people recognise as the number one heavyweight in the world today. And the way that he handled that and the way that he dealt with that was incredible. And I think that there's, you know, I think that's one, the going into the fight with the unknown with Tyson Fury, not having that fear factor and going in there thinking he's just got to turn up to win this contest. I think that showed there in that, but that's taking nothing away from Ngannou's performance, but I think that Tyson Fury <laughs> underperformed terribly. But it I mean, is laughable. It, it's actually one of the worst performances I've seen from Tyson Fury. And 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 and, and I agree, but it is, there isn't any credibility really in the WBC giving Ngannou a number 10 ranking, is there? No. Right? For one fight against Tyson Fury. Now, we were, con we were disdainful of the fight. I think we understood because we were browbeaten into understanding it by Frank Warren that this was a gateway, an opportunity to open the floodgates for the Saudis to wet their beaks. Yeah. They've done it before. Clearly, there's been fights over in Saudi because we've seen them. We've seen Joshua Fiusik over there. Yeah. But the idea now was for Saudi to take over. Sure. Certainly the heavyweight boxing scene. And we saw that manifest itself on the December 23rd card where you've got a whole raft of heavyweights, a pack of them thrown on the table, maybe not in the order that we wanted them to land and the opponents we wanted to land against, but they all got on the same card. And all the promoters sat there, all patting one another on the back, because the Saudis took away all their financial problems and just gave them what they wanted. But is there credibility? Because I didn't think there's credibility in the first fight. I don't think there's much credibility in the second fight, in terms of Ngannou. Yeah. I, I don't think that I have, I have any different attitude, irrespective of the fact mm. that Ngannou proved that he was resilient. And, and Tyson Fury top proved that he, in my view, took it lightly. Yeah. Um, that Ngannou and Anthony Joshua has any more credibility, does it have any more credibility than Ngannou yeah. versus Fury? I'm glad you said that because I think absolutely yes. I mean, you can't not think that there's going to be an appetite for Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou stylistically going into this fight. There is going to be an interest in this fight because of the way that Francis Ngannou performed against. Forget about Tyson Fury and what he done and, and he's... You know, his, his um, approach to that fight and the way that he turned up to that fight. I'm looking at Francis Ngannou and going, you've come out with a lot of credibility there. And that is now makes, makes this fight against Anthony Joshua very intriguing. For me, absolutely. I think that there's a 
Yeah, there, there'll be a huge interest in it. But surely. again, there will be. Of course there will be, because the MMA community think that there's a whole opportunity here. But and do you not think that, that Francis Ngannou and the way that he performed against Tyson Fury makes this fight an interesting fight? Um, not really, no. And the, really? I'm being a contrarian by saying that. because For it, what reasons, though? Well, because I, I maintain the view, unless you're going to dissuade me of it, that if in, a, in the discipline that you are the expert in, you bring someone from a different field in, you should be able to conduct it the way you want mm -hmm. to, right? If these yeah. boxers, if these fighters, what they say they are, they're the best in the, 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 the you know, on, on what their records suggest that they are, which is yeah. the cream of the crop, the top of their fields, right? Then they should make moderately light work of an MMA fighter in the same way that an MMA fighter would make light work. Which we believed before that right. fight, by the way, yeah. So I, I, I look at this and go, does lightning strike twice? Does, do, do people look at this in the same way? Does Anthony Joshua, because I think there's a, a, a thought process, and it might be me on, on my conspiracy theory route, but I think there's a thought process from Anthony Joshua, is we'll do things that Fury's done, and we'll do them better. Mm -hmm. We'll beat Wallin. Wallin made it difficult for Fury. Yep. We made mincemeat of Wallin. Mm -hmm. We'll deal with Ngannou, because it opens up a different dialogue, because Tyson Fury, as we know, and as we've seen, and Frank Warren the same, are the cats that have got the cream. Yeah. They're the ones with the relationship with the Saudis and they're the ones that are calling the shots. And I wonder how happy Tyson is to see Anthony yeah. Joshua doing deals with the Saudis, yeah. perhaps not under his perceived jurisdiction, because we all listened to what Tyson told us about how he shouldn't have to queue at airports and how he shouldn't have to pay tax on certain things because of the revenue he brings in the UK and how valued he was in Saudi and how undervalued he is in, this in the UK. That strikes me as someone getting a tad carried away of themselves. Yeah. But you've now got Anthony Joshua sort of correcting perspectives because I I believe that he'll go in there and he'll deal with Ngannou I don't think he'll blast him out mm -hmm. but I think he'll deal with him as a leading heavyweight should deal with a potential novice yeah I think so, that I think what Anthony Joshua is doing is he's regaining ground I think that Anthony Joshua over the last few years has lost you know a lot of respect from the fans maybe a lot of you know and a lot of the the haters, if you like, you know, writing Anthony Joshua off, saying that he's finished at top level. I well, he helped, after, he, well, he helped them with it. Yeah, 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 he, yeah losing. but he's also redeemed himself a lot of the Otto Wallin performance. And I think he'll do even, he'll do more so against Francis Ngannou. Because I think going into the Ngannou fight is now with Anthony Joshua. Where Tyson Fury was going into the unknown, he didn't know what Ngannou was bringing to the table. Joshua does now know that. And the fear factor is there. He and the preparation will be different. Yeah. And I think that the performance... Well, but there's never been any indications at any time that Anthony Joshua has never prepared for a fight properly. He might have been yeah. ill-advised taking Usyk first time round because yeah. he might have been kidded into believing Usyk was there to yeah. be taken, right? But never at any time. And I've laid lots of criticism at his door. Right? Mm. There's never been a, an accusation that he's underprepared. So I don't expect him to be underprepared for the Ngannou fight. I just look at it and say, the reasons why this fight is happening, and this is what I, my concern is, and it's a concern that I can have and people can um, ridicule, and I'm sure that the promoters will look at it and go, well, what do you know? I don't like the fact that the Saudis are dictating the pace of what happens in boxing. Yeah, uh, we're talking about. I tell you why. I don't know what, I'm, what I mean by that, we are being suggested that there's a there's a new sheriff in town, that the the boxing world has to accept the Saudis are here to play and stay, yeah. and that the capital of boxing is likely to be Riyadh. Yeah, and in Saudi, right? And the Las Vegas's of the world and the Londons of the world are going to eat their dust economically. If that is then mirrored by the Saudis dictating what fights look like, because I don't think there is credibility. I don't think Anthony Joshua needs to fight Francis Ngannou. 
I think he's fighting Francis Ngannou because the money that's on offer is so significant and because the Saudis want it. Yeah, but I think he's fight, fighting Francis Ngannou because of the IBF situation, the Philip Hergovic fight, which is on the table. I don't dispute that. And I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I think it's just but a he time have, filler. He doesn't have to and, fight in March, does he? Yeah, he's no. Just come off the back, he's just come off the back of a very quick turnaround on I'll December 23rd. Why he's March. I'll tell you why he's fighting Because March. it's the end of the Riyadh. He had yeah, one fight in 2020, one fight in 21, one fight in 22. And he's had three fights in 2023. And look at the look at the performances and how he, he doesn't prove since then. I get it. Confidence in his own ability. I get it. And that's what he's what I get it. And I'm not criticizing Asli Joshua right, in this perspective. What I'm saying is he doesn't have to fight Francis Ngannou. He doesn't have to fight in March. Right. The reasons yeah. why he's fighting Francis Ngannou and the reasons why he's fighting in March is because Francis Ngannou was on a deal with the Saudis. Yeah. The Saudis want this crossover. The economics of the fight are so unturnadownable that Anthony wants it. Mm. And he's fighting in March because that closes the season off and the Saudis are out of commission for a period of time. Yeah. He could wait and fight a more meaningful challenger in terms of Zhili Zhang. Yeah. And the economics may not be as great, but, but the idea, the, the whole purpose of this, yeah. my objection to it, if I have one, which I really don't, but I don't, yeah. I don't, like, I don't like everyone being the Saudis poodle. Yeah. And the Saudis are basically saying, we're going to be the boxing capital of the world. Vegas would never have said that a, a, a the, the, the the underpinning of their concept of boxing was we need to put a mixed martial yeah. arts fighter in. I get it. I world. get it. But I, what, what I understand is well, that Joshua wants to become three-time world heavyweight champion. That IBF fight is going to happen with Philip Hergovic. We're looking at probably major. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with but you. But Simon, it's called prize fighting and Anthony uh, Joshua is okay. getting astronomical money for fighting France and Ghana. And it will but, do huge. But this is great. And I get this is being trotted out by lots of people in boxing. This lovely experience. Every f knows it's prize fighting, right? <laughs> Everyone knows what that means, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But at the end of the day. Why would you put in the same jelly At the end of the day, also people want to see credible fights between yeah. the best fighters, right? So it's great that we all understand. What the, what the antidote what the antidote for everyone's argument is, right? Everyone t every time someone says, well, hang on a second, there's better fights. Well, hang on a second. They're prize fighters. Well, we know that. No, but we and as Joshua isn't going short the bob or two, is he? Absolutely. So the point is he's taking Ngannou because it's a money fight mm. that the Saudis want. And there are other fights he could take. And he's not going to fight Filip Hergovic until June, July, August, right? Yeah. So he could take a another fight from a credible heavyweight, which I don't think Ngannou is. Yeah. Ngannou is a one-trick pony that's got credibility only got out of a situation. Surely, like, and he, he gave Tyson Fury... Tyson Fury had kittens in, in that fight there. He had, a, Fine. he had a life or death struggle. I'm playing I mean, devil's, I'm playing devil's advocate for the purpose of the conversation. Yeah. I just think that Anthony Joshua will go in yeah. with all respect to him. He will do what Tyson Fury should have done, mm -hmm. which is deal with an MMA fighter that's very robust and very resilient. And we will learn nothing more because I, despite the performance against Wallin and people that were mean-spirited will yeah. say that Wallin was all mouth and trousers yeah. and didn't turn up right. He wasn't allowed to. Right. Mm -hmm. Joshua dealt with him, right? But, but what we haven't learned, and what we're still not the wiser of on this Joshua 2.0 that we're talking yeah. about, is whether we can take a shot and come back from it in the way that he had to against Klitschko in previous so when Because that's the overriding question. When does Anthony Joshua regain that respect, right? And you say, like, the way that he dealt with Vato one and you go, you can't deny what that is. He goes and beats Francis Ngannou. Then he boxes for the IBF title. And he beats Philip, he, he, he boxes Philip Hergovic. And then people go, well, yeah, Hergovic is not really in that. No. You go, you've got to respect where this guy is. He'll be title holder, right? And when he gets in... Does the, he win the world title for the third time, do you think, Anthony Joshua? Yes. I think that Anthony Joshua... So you didn't say that before? 
No, because I think the pathway's been cleared for him. Does he win a world title? <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Does he win a world title against Tyson Fury? I, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Well, Tyson Fury, we saw stick back later. It's a closer fight than you originally thought. Well, only because of what we've seen from Tyson Fury in a recent fight. And we see people suggesting yeah. the reasons why he's meeting people in the middle of the ring is because he can't move about anymore and all that sort of stuff, right? If the Tyson Fury that we've seen, that we've laid our hat upon recently, um, not so much the Chisora fights, but yeah. previous fights against Dillian White and against Deontay Wilder, the Deontay Wilder that wasn't you know, yeah. held up by some retreat and doing kumbaya or yeah. that nonsense, right? The real Deontay Wilder, right? Yeah. That Tyson Fury beats Anthony Joshua. Right? Yeah. The Tyson Fury we've got now may not do it, but I still think he does. But this, and I'll go on to, the, to, yeah. to your question, your, your accusation against do I think he wins a world title. Does he win a world title against Usyk? I yeah. think Usyk does him again. Now, does he win a world title because the pathway is being cleared because of a unification fight with Hergovic, who I think is a strong fighter, but not 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 not, not a real risk yeah. for Anthony Joshua in terms of Fury, of what Fury and and um, and uh, Usyk are? Yes, I'd now do because the landscape has changed. Also, and if you put him in against Zhili Zhang, I think he'll win that fight. So you can only go off last performances, and you look at Anthony Joshua's last performance, Tyson Fury's last performance, and you go. Now that's actually a really oh, interesting. Well, okay. Well, by the, but then, well, by that logic, back then, Lee Wood would never have beaten Mauricio Lara in the rematch, would he? Uh, no, no, but it's not. Yeah, no, but yeah, but you only go off last performances. What I'm saying is, if you say you're talking about Tyson Fury, you go, <laughs> if this Tyson Fury turns up, or if that turns up, you go, we don't know that. That's no, you are. You, you asked me a question. Yeah. And what I was saying was, is, you haven't heard me talk about Anthony Joshua winning a world title for the yeah. third time. Yeah. And the only reason I'm now suggesting it is because. The pathway's being cleared. There was never an option. We never sat here discussing the option of maybe a vacated belt being available for two contenders and one of them being Philip Hergovic, that who the... we both know lost to Zilli Zhang in that Absolutely. result and wasn't particularly impressive against Dempsey McKean. Agreed. Right? And yep. in his most recent fight against Mark DeMora, well, <laughs> off. What fight? Come on. That was not a fight. <laughs> which means none. That wasn't Absolutely. a fight, was it? Absolutely. And I'm not suggesting the guy's a fool yeah. because he's a decent fighter. But I think Anthony, there's levels in this game, as you will tell me. And Angie Joshua is on a different level to Philip Hergovic. But do you think that if he turns up? With what we're seeing here in Saudi Arabia, like you say, you've got Anthony Joshua here going in against Francis Ngannou. You're going to have Deontay Wilder on the undercard, Joseph Parker on the undercard, Zelle Zhang in the undercard. What I'm saying is we do understand what the Saudis are doing. We are going to get these fighters fighting each other. I think that is what the the long-term goal is. And I think that that's only good for the sport. Well, we will see. We will see. Do you expect, Anthony, what do you expect from Anthony in this fight? This fight's been made. There's lots of noise in it. Eddie's going to be pleased because his yeah. cash cow's back on the, in the, in, on, on the, on the tracks again. Um, I don't know how Frank will feel with Frank, yeah. Frank Warren is controlling the direction of travel. It's still a Queensbury promotion. These things are all to be, to be, to be determined. The Saudis will do what the Saudis want. Yeah. If anybody thinks that they're controlling this process, the Saudis will do what they want. But do you think in this fight... And so they should. They're the he money. has to be careful. They're the money. But what do you expect? He expect, has to be do you expect careful. Him to, 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 to beat him convincingly, or do you expect him to do what it takes to win, which ultimately I, I, is used as attributes of a boxer rather than getting involved in a fight? Yeah, I think that, you know, he has to be careful with Francis Ngannou going into this fight because of Ngannou's style. He's quite unpredictable in, in the way that he fights. He's very aggressive in the way that he fights. Joshua can't afford to get involved and get clipped the way that Fury did. So he's got to be, it's got to be an educated performance. I expect Joshua to do the job and I expect him to probably win inside the distance. Probably like in, the stop him. In, in the second half of the fight. Yeah. But only if he's educated about his, the right. way that he approaches right. it. There is, what I'm saying is the, the reason the fight is interesting and the, when, and the reason why the fight appeals to me is because there is a chance Ngannou could clip Joshua and that's what makes the fight intriguing. You go because it's not just like a foregone conclusion. Joshua has to approach the but fight But do we right. agree? I mean, I, I, know, I know it's not a foregone conclusion because we're debating it. 
But in in the great scheme of things, put aside what we saw with Tyson Fury, yeah, and 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 Engano, and I know we can't because it's there and it's evidence. It's the evidence, and you only go on the last fight. But if if Joshua turns up and operates the way he should, yeah, he should be able to negotiate this fight with a degree of comfort. Should I agree? And the same comfort that Fury should have been able to negotiate. I agree. Right. Yeah. So with that in mind, we don't really learn that much about Anthony Joshua in this fight, but we've learned enough, in your view, to say that he's that after the Wallin fight, he gets paid for this fight. Chapeau, well yeah. done. He's earned the right to do that. Yeah. The Saudis want it. The Saudis want it. The Saudis get it. Yeah. Right. So he gets that, and then he moves on to Hergovic. Yeah. And that's what you think the expected route is likely to be. Absolutely. And you yeah. expect him to be Hergovic too. Absolutely. And and it's only because of the consistency that Anthony Joshua has had over the last year or so. This will be the full fight in the last year going against Francis and Garner. And I think that that's where he's been lacking. That's what I said about the, you know, previously about the fights, one, two, three fights in the last three years before this year, before this calendar year. And I think that that has been so important to Anthony Joshua and where he's at right now. And I think that that's why he's back at the top of the game and he's back in the top of the tree. I think, you know, you've got to throw his name in the hat now with the, with the heavyweights and his name was not in that hat. You know, if you go back six months ago, so you know, if you go back to the Franklin fight, people are going, "No, they ripped Joshua sure. off." But that's, so I think but that's that, also because the other. I mean, you, no one could have legislated. For I it. think that's because of the activity. I think it's because of the activity, but I also think that the you know fighters get often bigger and better with other people's deeds alongside them. So what we've been able to see is, hang on a second, what the fuck's happened to Deontay Wilder? Mm. And, and by the way. Tyson Fury nearly lost to Francis Ngannou. So, so we, all of a sudden, it's not so much what Joshua's done, it's what others haven't. That's the beauty of this. And that's the most dynamic. You've got, you've got now a question mark hanging over Tyson Fury. Was it just a bad before? Do you see, do you, do you see, do you see Fury versus Joshua in this year? You think Fury beats Usyk, right? Right, so I go Fury beats Usyk. Right, so I how think, do you think, I mean, that, that, I know I there's think, a rematch clause in there. It depends what happens in the fight. Because if, 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 Fury ragdolls Usyk, right? Yeah. I, didn't, I don't see Usyk yeah. another rematch, right? But, but what I'm saying is, even if there is a rematch, that rematch could possibly go May, June time. So we could still, the, the, like the rematch, so you go February 17th, yeah. you could see the rematch. Four months later. Realistically, yeah, four months later, May, June time. Then we could see the Joshua Fury, if they both come through there, their at the fight the at the end of the year. So it is, it is now well, that reality. Be, I think that we could see it. That will be the fight. If, they, if, if everyone does their job, then there's, there can't be any reason, can they? Because there can't be any more excuses. If everybody does their job, Fury does his job that he tells us he's more than capable of doing and he's going to deal with this, what is he, middleweight, cruiserweight, whatever he decides. Yeah, to yeah, start, right? yeah, yeah. Um, wait. And he's going to deal with him. Anthony, I expect to come past Ngannou. I expect him to win a world title, and I hope he does. Yeah. Um, against Philip Hergovic. Because yeah. Because then, it, then, it, then, then, then these two boys can't avoid one another. Yeah. Because they can't avoid one another because the economics are there from the Saudis. They can't avoid one another because they're both the belt holders. And then you'll have a unification, a second unification yeah. fight in a year. Yeah. But this time, for the first time in history, between two British fighters. Absolutely. That's what will happen. And it's it? a huge fight. There's no danger of the WBO or the WBA belts being stripped away no. and Fury only having the WBC. Well, no, there is danger of that. Yeah, the WBA now. The, the, the w so they might not have a unification So the WBA, number one and number two respectively, is Anthony Joshua, is, is no, um, no, sorry, Martin Bacoli's number one, Anthony Joshua's number two. So the WBA may demand then that them two fight for that vacant title. So what I'm saying is, Fury will keep his WBC title. Joshua will pick up the IBF title. So we know them two belts are on the line. The WBO. The WBO. 
WBA and I, yeah. IBF. I'm not. I'm not. So sure. I might be ambitious in suggesting that we might be able. But to still, we're unified in, in as in WBC and IBF. It's, yeah. a, it's a great fight between British fighters. It is. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, moving on to the rewards for Joseph Parker, which seems to be few and far between, to coin your expression, is yeah. it the chairman of the Wonson Club or who needs him? Who needs him club right now? Um, can we really with any due credibility, justify or see any benefit or any reward for Joseph Parker to watch the potential of Zilli Zhang versus yeah. Deontay Wilder. To me, Deontay Wilder is done. Yeah, absolutely. I think... I know you can only go on your last fight. And all that no, no, no. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm with you on it. Leaves can turn. I'm with you. Change, but he looks done. I'm with, I'm certainly with you on it. So how can he possibly be, A, getting back in the ring again, and B, Joseph Parker... Not being given an opportunity, he'll cry about not given the opportunity yeah. against Anthony Joshua. We well, had that four or five years ago, and I know this is a different yeah. time, right? But I cannot make a case for Deontay Wilder fighting Julie Zhang. Can you? Yeah, no, I, 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 there's no appetite there for me at all. Going on looking at Deontay Wilder, you just look at him and like you say, it's not a bad night. It's not just an off night. That was a fighter. You look at this a shell of his former self, and he's a shot fighter. You recognise that, and you look at his age and his record and the fights that he's been in. You go. The fight has left him. So there is no appetite for me there with so that fight. Parker get I would like Jelly Zhang in with Joseph Parker. Mm -hmm. That's the fight I'd like to see. I yeah. go, there's an interest in that. You know, Parker's got some momentum. Jelly Zhang's got some momentum. The winner goes on and he's... Well, they've got, got, something, opportunity. Well, they've got, they've got something in common. They both Why would Joe Joyce Wilder in there off that performance? Just because of the name? And the people saying, well, he had a bad night. Come on, look at the guy. I mean, you look at Parker and I know there's, he was also ruminating himself. You know, I remember, I know what Joseph Parker was getting for the Joe Joyce fight. Yeah. Because I helped in the negotiation yeah. with Frank and with, with Ben, right? And now he's on a different level now. He's on a yeah. different trajectory. Because after that fight and a couple of other fights recently, mm. uh, pr prior to that, he was kind of on a direction of going nowhere. Yeah. He was a former WBO heavyweight champion of the world that kind of won his title. After the but, Joyce defeat, you go, where does he go? My point is that. Yeah. So now he's, now he's re-emerged out of the pack and a lot of that will be given to... Andy Lee's credit and being in the environment that he's in. Does he beat Zhang? Given what we've seen of Zhang, because we saw Zhang against Good fire. Philip Hergovic. We thought that he was strong but slow. Yeah. We put him in against Joe Joyce. Everyone picked Joe Joyce to win the first yeah. fight. He didn't. He got and then he even got even more demolished in the second yeah. fight. So he was kryptonite to Joe Joyce. Yeah. Is he kryptonite to Joseph Parker? I think that Joseph Parker has to tactically get it right. He can't afford to stand there. And trade with him like he did with Deontay Wilder. You can't meet the fire with fire with Zhele Zhang because he's got very slow feet, yeah. but he's got quick hands. You know, he fights out that southpaw style and he's very heavy handed. So Parker would have to just look to chip away. 
Can he do that? I think so. Well, we've got to remember, Joseph Parker's only 31 years of age. It's no. quite insane thinking about that. He's actually coming into his prime. But we, we, you and I talked about it, and lots of other people sort of wrote it off as a one... It was it was a one-dimensional situation, which was Joseph Parker was going to get hit by Deontay Wilder and get knocked out. He could stay out of range yeah. for 11 rounds, yeah. but the moment Deontay Wilder wound up yeah. the one of his punches, he was going to go. Now, Deontay Wilder sort of copy, ruined that copybook because he decided not to throw any punches. Right? <laughs> so, so, so that means that Joseph Parker fought, fought a great fight, but yeah. he didn't have to deal with what we thought he was going to have to yeah. deal with. Right? But psychologically, he thought he was going to have to. That was, that was the point. So whilst we are applauding Joseph Parker, and it, it may well be mm. that Joseph Parker did to Deontay Wilder what um, um, Anthony Joshua did to Otto Wallin, which is not let him engage. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think yeah. Deontay Wilder wasn't in the same space as he yeah. did before because he didn't sure. let his hands go at all no. at any time during no. the fight. Um, now, with that in mind, Joseph Parker fighting against, against Zuli Zhang he fought Joe Joyce with a certain style, yeah. which was, that he, for whatever reason, he felt that he could get involved in a slugfest with Joe Joyce. But there, there was reasons behind that. I'd spoke to Joseph Parker about it. And he said, was he feeling well? No, he, yeah, but I spoke to him about that and he said, look, I'm not, gonna, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to come out and say, come out with the excuses like fighters do afterwards. I've got my own reasons going in there. I knew what was that. So do you think he boxes? Do you think he boxes? Do you think he approaches the Zhang fight the same way as he fights the, approached the Wilder fight? No. You don't? No, I don't think he. I don't think he goes out and meets. I think he approached. He didn't, did he? I think Wilder. no, but no, no, with Wilder, yeah, he, he sort of. He took in the, the end, he did because he, he realised that away from Wilder. Yeah, he went out there and had a look at him to start with, and then took the fight away from him when he recognised, yeah, that he could do but, that. But the overall, the overall strategy was that he doesn't get himself into a situation where Wilder could land, right? So he was clever and he kept it away. And, and that's, what he'll, that's what he'll do with Zhang. But the difference between Zhang and Wilder, this is my laboured point, yeah. is that Zhang is going to throw back. And Wilder didn't. Yeah. But Zhang will also tire in the second half of the fight like Wilder maybe, like, which maybe did. Which and and, that's, and that's, what, that's what they'll be doing. That's right. what they'll be doing. Like he did against Hergovic. And that's why Hergovic come back into that fight. Even though we both felt that Zhang mm -hmm. won and most people did. But Zhang tired in the last four rounds. And I think that Joseph Parker, Andy Lee, you know, he, he, he's a great student of the sport and he will come up with a game plan and they'll look to tire him out and take him into that second half. But if he fight. doesn't get, if he doesn't get Shang, which was the genesis of this conversation, yeah. which is Wilder, for reasons best known to the, the speculation or even if it's legitimate, yeah. the outcome seems to be in there. Where does Joseph Parker go? Can you see him fighting Joe Joyce again? Can you see Joe Joyce want to fight him again? Well, I've seen, I, I've seen that Joe Joyce is now coming back and he is ready yeah. to fight. We're going to see him out there in Saudi because of Frank's connections. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got Daniel Dubois there. Daniel Dubois out there and he's looking for a fight. Um, well, the, uh, he, Don uh, Charles Don, him in with Manuel Charles. Yeah, well, Don Charles said that they are going in March. They're looking. Because he's March been given his ridiculous title, isn't he? You've now, the, you've the WBA got regular, regular, and and, that, and and Usyk's got the WBA super. super. Yeah, but that the WBA exactly. Manuel Charles had the WBA regular title for about, I don't know how many years, and not boxed. It's like, it's ridiculous. So yeah, obviously Daniel was a go. Daniel used to be the WBA regular champion. And I don't know yeah. how that come about anyway. But anyway, long story Didn't short. Didn't get that off Kevin Long Durant, story short, they, yeah, exactly. Trevor Bryant. Yeah, something, yeah. Yeah, Trevor Bryant, there, there you go. So um, yeah, I think long story short, we're going to see all these heavyweights. We're getting all these heavyweights on the cards. And I think they're just going to all be boxing each other. Where they all land, I'm not sure. But I know that they're all going to be boxing on okay. the card. Well, we'll wait and see to see what happens. Yeah. I do think, with all due respect to Joseph Parker, who I've been underwhelmed with in the past, that you cannot be anything other than un but, uh, sorry, you cannot be anything other than impressed. Absolutely, with what he did. Yeah, and he deserves a better yeah. opportunity. At 31 years of age, 
given some of the battles he's been in, given some of the fights he's taken, I think he deserves another opportunity Joseph to have another Bob versus Daniel Dubois. I like that fight. Yeah, I do. I like yeah. that fight. Yeah. That's a good fight, yeah. you know. And I think that, you know, that's a, that's a possibility. Yeah. Mm. That's a fight that could be I made. Don't think, I don't think Don Charles would advocate for that, though. I think he'd want to go in oh, well, and do so it. I suppose it's done, and they just said, listen, we're at that position right now with Daniel where they just want opportunity. And I said, if that opportunity is the right well, ones, yeah. You've got to match mate, Daniel, don't yeah. you? you got to get him to the right Oh, absolutely. Direction. Yeah, but what, you know, when they're they heavyweight against Joe Joyce, the heavyweight scene right now with the heavyweight titles, with the Tyson Fury, Alexander Uzi, and the Joshua situation and whatnot, they're all pretty much tied up. So all these guys are going to have to fight each other. Yeah. And I think that's what we will get. A great fight coming up this weekend. A fight that I've been looking forward to. Um, um, Arta Baterbiev, or Betterbiev, depends upon <laughs> I, how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and one of the Smith brothers, Callum. Yeah. I, I think this is a great fight. I think that Baterbiev is one of the, or Betterbiev, whichever way you want to yeah. categorize it, is a great fighter. We saw that with Anthony Yard. Yeah. Oh, that was a great fight at the beginning of last year. Um, Anthony threw everything at him and put a kitchen yeah. sink and came up against somebody. It was an irresistible force in Anthony uh, Yard against an immovable object. Yeah. And the moment it got tough in there, Paterbiev took his heart away a little bit yeah. by rising to the challenge. Yeah. And what great champions do, and you know this yeah. better than I, is they, they, they come back. Yeah. They come back stronger and they ask questions of you when you're asking questions of yeah. them. Yeah. And that's what he did. But what do you think about Callum in this? Right. Case? So my concern with Callum is the inactivity that he's had. Although Paterbiev now... You know, he hasn't boxed for over a year now. That fight was over a year ago with Anthony Yard. So my concern is the inactivity. But here we go. I'm going to throw it out there. I think Callum Smith wins. I think he can win. Why? And I'll tell you why he wins. So I've been looking through Paterbiev. I'm looking through Paterbiev for all Paterbiev's fights. The shot that he's susceptible to is the left hook. He gets hit with left hooks all the time. Callum Johnson floored him with a left hook. Yeah. Fifth round, Anthony Yard tagged him with a left hook. Seventh round, Anthony Yard tagged him with a left hook. Callum Smith's best shot, his timing with a left hook is absolutely perfect. You look through his showreel, his knockout showreel, the left hook is the shot that he lands every time. Is this time. a mandatory? And is this a mandatory for Baterbiev? I'm not sure it's mandatory. I'm not sure if it's mandatory or not. It must be, it must be. Must be. Yeah, it must be, yeah. yeah. I think it is. But because yeah. well, the reason why I bring that up is because obviously it's been around, this fight's been kicking around for some time. Yeah, that's right. And we, we know it has. Yeah. And obviously you've got Baterbiev potentially looking or being we're being led to believe has now Bebo. signed potentially or given an indication that yeah. there's an agreement in principle to do a deal with Bivol yeah. to, you know, unify yeah. um, the light heavyweight division yeah. and to put the two best fighters in class in that fight. Any danger? I don't think so. I watched I Baterbiev do. prepare for that fight. I watched Baterbiev go into yeah. the ring because he came to London to fight yeah. at the yard. The arena was against him. Yeah. And you watched an elite fighter at work. And I think elite fighters don't make mistakes by I get it. past fighters. I get it, but Callum Smith is an elite fighter. It's and that's the difference. He's a he's a, yeah, but he's an elite fighter as well. Yeah. When I say that, what I'm saying is you look at Callum Smith and you look at stylistically, he's very tall, he's rangy, he keeps that range yeah. well, he controls the space really well, but he's also great on the mm -hmm. inside. And what Baterbiev does and his big mistakes is that he's sort of like got that Eastern European style where he carries his hands out. When he throws his shots, sometimes he reaches with his shots. Mm -hmm. Callum Smith is unbelievable. His timing with that left hook is unbelievable. And if, if Terbiev does that, Callison will tag it uh, will tag him with that. Uh, he, he's great at, you know, he's great at jumping on his opponent and getting the job done when that happens. And if you look through that, I was looking at his show reel today, Callum Smith, and most of his knockouts come with left hooks. You look at the George Grove one, that, that that's one for it as an example. Stylistically, stylistically, right. stylistically yeah. Callum Smith has the style if to connect to Terbiev. If he can execute it. If he yeah, but I think he can execute it. 
I think he's going to put. Yeah, but he's not going in against Chop Liver, is he? He's no. going against the real. Deal. I think. Yeah, he's, yeah. Oh, it's a real deal. Listen, he's an. He's a, does he, does, does Callum whack right. harder than Anthony Yard? Does what? Sorry, does Callum whack harder than Anthony Yard? He is as hard. Really? Yeah. Really? He is as hard. Yeah, definitely. He's a very heavy handy. Well, guy. I mean, I. I mean, you've got to give him a real shot. So I, I do give him a shot. I get it. That he's an underdog. But I just think that he's going to pull off a shot. Vi- yeah, shot I do. I absolutely do give him a shot, and and, and, yeah. and I'm a huge admirer of the Smith family. Yeah. You know, I'm a big Great admirer fighter. of all, Liam, all of them. You know, and they've all had their. Um, I mean, I always felt. Did you? I felt dreadfully sorry for Paul Smith mm. years ago when he fought Arthur Abraham. Oh, and I, I that was uh, a terrible robbery. Yeah, yeah, it was out in Germany. That was when you could. That's when you had to get the knockout to get a draw in Germany. That was what it was like. It was like it, you, second fight was not, not yeah. was not relevant, but the first yeah. fight I thought it was absolutely. Look, we've got one other thing to talk about, which is there was a lot of noise being made about the fight between Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. Mm-hmm. And that one seems to have disappeared into the ether. A lot being made about, I think, about Garcia's, you know, box office bankability yeah. in terms of he's got millions of followers. He delivers high pay-per-view numbers, even though I think he's swallowed it against Tag yeah. Davis. Yeah. Um, he's still, in the eyes of many, you know, the poster boy and the, and the, and yeah. the, and the, uh, the exciting fighter in his, in his, in his, in his space. But my understanding is they couldn't make the economics work. Devin Haney, despite the brilliance of his performance recently, yeah. didn't doesn't make big pay per view numbers, which numbers. I think is wrong because I think it's a brilliant fight. My my understanding with this and and looking at it, you go because that fight does it. That would still be a huge fight. Garcia versus Haney is a huge fight, and I recognise what they're Haney doing here. They're going for the Haney WBO Haney. regular title, which is held by Romeo. Romeo holds a WBO regular title. He was done in six rounds by um, Javante Davis, but and. He's got that WBA regular title, and I think that that's the route they want to take. They want to go for that that world title and try and get that title to bring a little bit of weight to the table. Maybe that's that's my understanding of it because I think that's the easier option. They're looking at the fight and they're going Devin Haney really Haney just like he he, he looks incredible in his last performance. And my personal opinion is I think that Ryan Garcia has looked at that and gone, I felt move away from that from a business point of view. Let's go down for Romeo, who's a you know who's the easier fight for us. And I think that that's why they've gone down that, that route. Oh, Evan Haney's a tough fight. I, I have mixed emotions about Ryan Garcia. I don't know. I mean, that's why I think they've gone down this route, yeah, Simon. I have mixed I really emotions do. about him because I, I, you know, with all the hype that went with him. You're not I'm, completely sold. Well, I don't think you can be after Davis. I, I agree. I don't think you can be. I know, I know Davis is an elite level fighter and at the top of his profession and really, you know, pound for pound, one of the best in the world. But you, but you, I mean, you looked at that body shot and went, did you yeah, really? I know, I, know, I, know I get influenced by Carl yeah. and Frotchy sometimes going on about what you have to do to get up and do this and do that and the other. <laughs> Don't I'm having a Frotchy. I'll tell you that. Um, We've got to recognise with Cole that he's like caveman. Like yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's in his own little world. Don't worry. He fought in front of 80,000 people. <laughs> yeah, Where was that? that? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't remember. Was it Wembley or somewhere? Frotchy on fighting. Yeah. Um, one other thing that comes to mind and it's, and it's Something I wanted to talk about last week, but this there's a there is a likelihood of being a Katie Taylor and um Chantel Cameron yeah. third fight. Yeah. Which I think is very much merited, don't you? Oh, absolutely. There's a huge appetite for that. I mean, you look at those first two fights and you know, they they they, they were both could have gone either way, really. I think that the right person won the first fight in Chantel Cameron and the right person won the second fight nip and in Katie Taylor, Taylor, but they were both nip and tuck. Would there be an appetite for a third one? Absolutely. If you was ever gonna get a trilogy that's the fight you'd love to see. Okay. Right. That's it for this week's episode of Talk Boxing, episode 55. Don't forget, we told you at the <laughs> beginning of the show, vote for us, please, vote for us, please. The Sports Podcast of the Year in the combat section, so Pat gets a very deserved award. 
See you next time we're out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.